to our live set, and we're glad that you have made the choice to go to church with us today, and uh, we're expecting and believing God for great things in your life, and uh, we're so excited to see what God's been doing, not just in our church, but around the world. We're hearing so many amazing testimonies of how God is using this season, and uh, instead of diminishing or choking off or, or shrinking down what the gospel can do, it's actually expanding and exploding exponentially throughout the world. More and more people are hearing the gospel through it being preached over the internet and over the airwaves than ever before. And I really believe revival is coming out of this. And so we're excited that you're a part of our worship today. We just want to welcome you into our house as you have welcomed us into your house. And I know that God has something special for you today. We pray his presence would invade you right where you are. Father, today in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our family. We thank you for our loved ones, Lord. We thank you for how you work and operate in our lives. We thank you for the covering that you have placed over our lives in this season. So, Father, we're able today just to lift up holy hands, just to rejoice and to praise you and to magnify you for your goodness in our lives. Father, be exalted in all that we do. Jesus, be glorified. And Holy Spirit, bring your presence into every home and touch every life today in Jesus' name. Hey, we love you, Bill and Lori. going to lead us in some worship. So right where you're at, you can enter in. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord together. Thank you, Jesus. Unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God Yes, Lord Thank you, Jesus From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Your blood runs through my veins. I'm born again into your family. Your blood flows through my
trusting the all-creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our hearts are three and one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe. Our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is I believe in the virgin birth 
I believe in the saints' reunion and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. Yes, I believe in the name of Jesus. Yes, I believe in the name of Jesus. Yes, I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Crushing in the pressing, you are making a new wine. In the soul, I now surrender, you are making new ground. In the crushing. In the pressing, you are making a new eye. In the soul, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful heed. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soul, I now surrender. You are making new ground. You are breaking new ground. So make me a soul. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. Bring new wine out of me Cause when the 
to carry your new fire today. Carry your new fire today. So make me a vessel, make me an offering, make me whatever you want me to be. Oh God, I came here with nothing but all given me Jesus bring new wine out of me make me so make me a vessel and make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be I came here with nothing but all you have given me Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. song in the pressing and the crushing Jesus makes something beautiful something new new wine God is a God of new things God is always doing something new let's be encouraged today that God is on the move doing something new in our lives and in our midst as we go to prayer today I just want to encourage you with this testimony, and I just know there's others like them that haven't written in, but this young lady wrote into the church after our Easter service, and she said this. She said, today, while joining the Easter Sunday live stream, I accepted Jesus' reset for my life and reaffirmed my faith in him. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, God is so good. He is risen indeed pray for my family to have their hearts open to God, to let him enter and accept his reset for their lives today. In Jesus' name. Will you join me as we pray for this young lady? And I believe others like her and millions of others (laughs) that are hearing the gospel, as pastor said in his opening, for the first time and that are being exposed to the good news for the first time on live stream online all that's happening god is doing something new so let's pray together father god we come before you with thanksgiving lord in our hearts we come before you lord with gladness we come before you with celebration we rejoice with the angels in heaven over this life that this young lady who has given her life to you has given her heart to you she's allowed you to make that reset in her life lord and we pray for her her family that 
Lord, her whole household will come to know you, Lord. Lord Jesus, and that others, Lord, who are coming to know you, having their life will just be yielded to you and have their lives reset, Lord, in this season that we're in. Lord, we believe you're doing a new thing, Lord, and it's resulting in your kingdom expanding and growing and 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 moving in our midst, Lord. So thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we believe that you are with our mission partners today, our missionaries that are serving you all around the world and, and investing and sowing and, and, and working, Lord, some of them, Lord, in, in very difficult and challenging situations. Lord, we pray for them. We pray for, Lord, your protection and your provision over our missionary force in the world today, Lord, that you would provide every need, that you would keep them, Lord, with sound minds and give them an anointing and a strength and a power, Lord, that comes from you, that you would sustain them, Lord, with your provision today. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for our, uh, Lord, our national and, uh, Lord, our state and national works, uh, workers, Lord, that are, that are serving in, especially in health care and, and just, Lord, all that's going on there. Lord, we pray for wisdom for our leaders, for state and national leaders today and our health care workers. Lord, that you, Lord, would, Lord, give our country, Lord, uh, just an infusion of your grace in this time, Lord, and that you would give wisdom and clarity and and strength to those who are working some, Lord, uh, long shifts, long hours, Lord, especially in the healthcare field, Lord, just be with them and sustain them and encourage them. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing and all the things, Lord, that we can be grateful for today. We love you today. We thank you for each one who is listening today. We pray that their hearts and lives would be transformed and changed, that we would be, Lord, renewed today and restored and refilled. And Lord, just thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. You know, um, there's a, there's a lot of, in the secular world, they talk about self-care and um, we, so I like to talk about soul care and how uh, we partner with God to steward our own souls and spiritual care uh, for our lives. And um, there's, there's, there's a lot of scripture that talks about this, but one that stand out, stands out to me is in Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 20, um, where it says this, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you eternal life. We're to be keeping ourselves. And I think this situation, situation we're in and the, in, in the environment we're in demands all the more that we are intentional about keeping ourselves in God's love, doing what, our, what we can to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. There's a maturity and a depth that comes from that can come from being more isolated because we learn to lean harder on the Lord, on the Holy Spirit, on his work in our lives and, and cultivate that relationship with him. So I want to encourage you today, keep yourself in God's love. Keep yourself, build yourself up in the Holy Faith by praying in the Holy Spirit and uh, build that, build your inner man up and let God 
sustain you, not only sustain you, but also mature you and grow you. Continue, keep, continue in Christ. Keep yourself in his love. Build yourself up. These are all words that denote action on our part. Um, as you wait, there's a new dimension. There's, this is a new dimension of waiting that we're in, folks. And yet as we wait, we have purpose. And uh, God is doing something new in our lives. So, but here's the good news. As we go down a little further in the book of Job, it says this, to him who is able to keep you from falling and stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. That's the other part of this. God is able to keep you and he is doing his work to keep you and sustain you. So let's partner with him to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. There's a couple announcements I just want to share real quick. Um, number one, there uh, for our kids, again, uh, they have posted the uh, week three children's ministry video clip online. So you can get that on the Facebook, the church Facebook page. You can also get that on the YouTube channel for the church. So if your kids are sitting there even now with, with, uh, with nothing to do or, or you just, you just want to uh, get them engaged in something, go online and grab that clip for them to watch. And, uh, and that's a great way that your kids can participate in this time. But it's also available throughout the week, so you can access that any time. And so they have posted that already online for the children. Our children's ministry is, is thinking outside the box to do some great thing. Brandon, Brandon and his team are doing some great things. Other ways to stay connected, of course, just, just stay connected as best you can. Go onto the website, see what's happening. We send out email blasts every, uh, we're trying to do them twice a week now to keep you informed and um, we're here for you. So if you need something, please reach out to us. We are available in those emails. Uh, we have our contact information that you can reach out to us and we would we would want to and we want to support you and help you in anything we any way we can and uh, so go on go on there and just if you don't have by the way uh, your email if you're not getting those emails uh, please let us know and we want to make sure that you um, you are on that list so you can stay informed uh, the other uh, uh, just, just again, just want to thank you for your for your generosity and your faithfulness in giving um, in this time. We are thankful for the generosity of God's people, and there's so many ways that uh, we see um, God's provision coming in in this time. And there's ways that you can do that um, even now by going online and giving on the website. There's an there's an app that you can download for giving um, that's also available. Um, you can mail a check in, um, bring it by the church office, just call ahead and make sure someone's here. Um, and make sure that if you want to designate to missions or anything outside of your regular tithes and offerings that you do that, that you make sure that that's noted. But we thank you for your generous giving in this season that we're in. We are grateful uh, that this ministry can move forward because God's people are faithful and God is faithful. Let's continue to worship. You know, um, are we not going to the next? Okay, great. All right. Well, speaking of worship, you know, um, prophetically, um, sometimes God uses our worship leaders prophetically. And, uh, 
and it's it's really cool as I was listening to that song and and worshiping uh, as we were singing there was this uh, it, it was the one about I believe okay I believe in God the Father I believe in Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit I, and the words are actually it talks about the commu- I believe in the commu- uh, the communion of the saints but but uh, Lori said, I believe in the reunion of the saints. <laughs> prophetically, I believe God was using Lori prophetically that uh, there's going to be a reunion. And uh, we're, gonna, we're looking forward to that time when we can gather in God's house together with God's people. So stay hopeful. Be encouraged. Pastor. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Love you, my friend. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Church family, we are so blessed with such an amazing team and great people and people, uh, uh, I like to say, of the Spirit. So uh, people that pray and stay in tune uh, with what the Holy Spirit is doing and what He is saying. And so uh, we are just truly, truly blessed. And uh, before I get in the message this morning, I just want to say thank you on your giving. As I said before, we've been able to... uh, uh, stand beside our missionaries is, is really important to us as well as the ministry we do here locally and everything but staying connected to all the people that we support on a global and national level uh, and helping them through this season and because of your faithfulness this is a, a cool season I'm believing this to, to continue we got people coming by throwing offerings through the door the cracks of the door and envelope you come in and find offerings on the floor in the morning that's kind of exciting praise the Lord so God's people are amazing and uh, so we have been able to add some support to our missionaries who have had some of their support uh, cut last week you guys were generous and elder- enabled us to help Michael and Natasha our dear family so I know they're watching this morning good morning Michael and Natasha we love you guys so much appreciate you and uh, so also uh, but if you haven't done that you want to give or designate some money to missions we want to be able to to come behind that as we've been sharing with you with Sharwan in India and helping feed the people there people are no longer just coming for medicine and asking for help they're just coming for food to survive during this time so thank you for helping us do ministry here but also continue our outreach around the world in that but on Easter uh, Saturday before Easter we did a little giveaway so uh, Matt did an awesome job of just putting a little short video clip together so I think they have that ready if you got it guys let's roll that and let everybody see what we did on that day storm could overwhelm you No politics No government could overthrow you No No weapon formed No raging storm could overwhelm you No politics 
Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Matt uh, Battershell, for doing that. You're amazing, sir, and we love you. God bless you so much. And so, church, we're just trying to find ways to do what we can do. So excited uh, that you are partnering with us. Well, this morning, I'm excited to get into this message. Uh, Last week, I gave you the introduction on what is God doing in the earth. And as we look at this situation, I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I've never been in a global situation like this. And so with this, when it comes down to things that happen like this, uh, it seems like there's always a lot of questions that come up in uh, the church and throughout Christianity and across religious circles and stuff, just concerning end times, Bible prophecy and that. But I want to bring it down a little bit closer. People are going, well, they're going to put a tracking chip. Is that the mark of the beast? Well, if you read scripture, the Bible says that it's a mark on our hands, not in our hands or on your forehead. And so it's careful, and I said it last week, that we don't want to fill in the blanks and begin to make mistakes. So if something doesn't say specifically what it is, when we try to attribute certain things to that or look for things to be something, I think we miss the mark. So this morning, I'm going to help us a little bit, really just to understand uh, how we can have a right perspective on living during this time. And uh, I'm kind of uh, going to have to readjust. I'm, I'm getting a bit, starting to get where I just stare at this camera and look at this. So it's going to be interesting when people come back to church. I'm going to have to learn how to move and engage with people again. So praise the Lord. But uh, in this area, but uh, I want to just remind us, last week I started out in this area. We're going to declare our, our confession here in just a minute. But last week I started out telling you about what the church is. Eli, I'll need our Bible slide up in just a second, if you would. And so in that area, um, I began telling you that when it comes to the church, what's the purpose of the church? Why do we exist? Do we exist just for social benefits? We want to do giveaways. We want to help people with food. We want to do social and humanitarian needs. We want to be there for counseling. We want to do all those things that we do. But that's not why the church exists. Those are, those are extensions and products of what we do. But that's not the sole purpose of why the church exists or why the ministry exists. Our purpose is to make sure people are ready to enter into eternity. Because every one of us, whether we go to heaven or or heaven comes to us, no matter how this works out, we're going to enter into eternity. And so how and where you spend eternity is the most important question of our life. Your life, your soul is stamped with an eternal stamp. You are an eternal being, my friend. Every one of you watching, hearing this, you have eternity stamped upon your soul. And you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And the gospel is that Jesus Christ came and gave his life to redeem humanity so humanity would not spend eternity separated from God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 said that God was in the earth through Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so that's our goal is that God doesn't want anybody to perish or be separated from him. He wants everybody reconciled to him in a living, loving, eternal relationship with their heavenly father. So that's our goal. That's our ministry. We want to do the soul things, the humanitarian thing. We want to feed people, support people, help with missions, all that. But our purpose is if we feed you and you don't get saved, then we didn't fulfill our purpose. 
If we help you, if we rescue you, if we help you save your marriage and handle your finances well, but you don't get saved, we didn't fulfill our purpose. So this morning, we're going to dive into this a little bit further. Praise the Lord. Say this with me. This is our confession. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love, and I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today. If there was ever a day that we needed the eyes of our understanding open and enlightened, it is today. If there was ever a day that we needed the Holy Spirit to be the spirit of truth in our life, it is today. If there was ever a time and a season when we needed to be led by your truth and guided by your word, it is today. So Holy Spirit, we receive you as the helper in our lives. Thank you for doing what only you can do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. So this morning, I want you to understand this. So the purpose of scriptures, look at this first thought with me. The purpose of scriptures is this. God's word is to reveal his purpose and plan to men. Why does God give us the Bible? Because he's trying to reveal his purpose and plan to us. God is letting us in on what he's doing in the earth and why he's doing it. He also reveals how we fit into his eternal purpose and plan. So what does that mean? When you take your Bible and you're reading your Bible, that means that God has preserved this. I was thinking about why, why did God go to all the trouble of creating and compiling scriptures and getting them into our hand, preserving them throughout all these years and millennium to get this scripture into our hearts. Why did God do this? He did it because he wants to reveal his plan to us and let us know how we fit into that plan. Paul said this to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 12 and verse 19. He said, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So Paul is emphasizing to Timothy in his letter, lay hold on eternal life. And that's what I'm saying to you today. With everything going on, don't get sidetracked, don't get distracted, don't, don't lose your focus. We are living for, and we're supposed to be living in such a way fighting the good fight of faith that we lay hold on to eternal life. Next, he said, in verses 14 and 15, he also said this in chapter 6 there, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. So Paul is encouraging the church at that time, and Timothy and those who will hear this, that the Lord have an expectancy for the Lord's appearing, which he will manifest, get this, in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so last week we gave you the introduction and we talked about this, that God does everything in appointed time. He doesn't do things according to our time, but in his appointed time. Jesus only had one message that he preached. In Matthew chapter 4, he comes out of the wilderness of temptation. He begins this ministry and he says in Matthew 4 and verse 17, 
From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's still our message today. Nobody likes to hear that word repent. And repent, we give it such a negative uh, connotation, but it means just to change direction, to turn around and move, instead of moving away from God, turn and move towards God. Hebrews chapter 6 says that we repent from dead work and now we have faith towards God. So repentance is a turnaround. Jesus is saying, have a turnaround in your life. You've been moving away from God. Why don't you turn around and make the decision to move towards God and live by faith in Him and receive the promises that He's declared to you. And so it says in verse 23 that Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So what's the purpose of the church? What are we called to do? We do all the stuff. We do all those other things. We're always trying to figure out how to do that stuff and to do it better and how to minister to people and show the love of God. But the important thing is is that we preach the gospel of the kingdom and help people be prepared to lay hold on eternal life. So look at this next thought with me. The message of Scripture is for us to live and conduct our lives in preparation with an expectation of the fulfillment of what has been revealed. We're supposed to be living in expectation of what God has declared. Not that we need to know every detail. Hear me this morning. We don't need to know every detail of the when and the where and the how because God does everything at the appointed time and in the fullness of time. You'll remember last week I said the disciples are asking Jesus, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? And Jesus says that is not for you to know the times and the seasons that God has placed in his own authority. So when it comes to times and seasons or the fulfillment of the word, God does everything at the right time and according to his appointed time, according to his eternal purpose, as we're going to dive into a little further this morning. And uh, so I hope this helps you. I tried that last week. I just gave you notes. So I worked. I spent hours and hours trying to put this thing together as a slideshow. I'm trying to be kind of a, a uh, uh, make-believe John Muncy this morning. There we go. So our church family will know what I mean by that. John was the, was the most amazing PowerPoint guy in the world. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 5, and he was one of the best Bible prophecy teachers, end-time guys in, in, that I've known in my whole life. Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5 says this, watch this, but when the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time at the right time, look at God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as son. So hear what Paul is saying. In the fullness of time, Jesus came at the appointed time. That's what everybody says now. And I referenced it last week. People are saying, well, if the Lord's coming back, he's delayed his coming. And there's so many references to that. That scripture talks about a delay or the amount of time, and, but we're exhorted to be ready. Not to just focus on when, how long it's been, but to live with an expectancy that it could come. As I said last week, we live under the challenge or, or under the premise of an imminent return at any moment and at any time. You know not when. You don't know the day and the hour. As a thief in the night, there's a reason that all that is put there. And as I said before, if we knew the exact day, if we knew he was coming next Thursday at 3.30 in the afternoon, most people would wait until 3.25 to repent and get right with God. And so God says you, you, you live right, and that's what Paul is saying when we wrote to Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith and live in such a way that you're ready 
to lay hold of eternal life. Ephesians 1 verses 9 and 10 says this, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, in the dispensation of the fullness of time. And let me kind of tell you where we are when we begin to talk about Bible prophecy is this, is that when it comes to the fullness of time, and you're going to see a timeline here in a little bit in our message this morning, but when God has put together his eternal purpose, he's showing you what he's going to fulfill in the earth. And we are getting closer and closer to the fulfillment or the culmination of all things. And in that, that means that this is the dispensation of the fullness of time when the eternal purpose of God is going to be completed, and we're literally going to break into the this time frame that we are in, and we're going to break into eternity, transition into eternity with God. So that in the dispensation, look at the scripture again, in the dispensation of the fullness of time, that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. Now this morning, I'm going to share some thoughts with you and try to help us understand, uh, really it helps us understand the Bible a little bit better, but helps us understand uh, prophecy a little bit better. There's something that's happening equally between heaven and earth. Last week, I showed you the parallel tracks of the church in Israel, and what God is doing in Israel and doing in the church are the parallel train track that the eternal purpose of God rides on to get to the destination of his expected end. And so when it comes here, in this area, heaven and earth have a part to play in that as well. There are things happening in the earth, and there are things happening in heaven that you're going to see in a moment. And so understanding that, there's more than just a singular view that we have. You know, one-dimensional is flat, two-dimensional, and then three-dimensional. And then there is a full perspective. We need that. Uh, you know, now, I guess on your phones you can do I haven't done it, but you have people doing these 360 uh, picture views of everything. You move the camera, but it gives you the whole rotated. You get the whole perspective. That's what you need when you study the Word of God. You need the full perspective of everything. You need to understand what God is doing in Israel, what he's doing in the church. You need to understand what's happening in heaven and what's happening on the earth and that all those things are being fulfilled in the dispensation of the fullness of times. So here we go. Let's dive into this a little bit further. So when it comes to having correct understanding, it's imperative for us to filter everything through God's eternal purpose. If you want to have an orderly account for everything begins with God in eternity past and ends, get this, with us, with him in eternity future. Your Bible, my Bible begins in eternity past. It ends in eternity future with you and I with him in eternity forever. Praise the Lord. So, as I said, the Bible begins in eternity, ends in eternity, and everything, I want you to hear that a few weeks ago I, we preached on the in-between play, and that that's where we are. We're in an in-between season. We're in between sheltering in place and being released. We're in between off work and going back to work. We're in between. We live our lives in between. Everything is the in-between. You're in between not being able to come to church and coming back to church. All those things are in between, but in the purpose of God, that's where we are. We're in an in between place with God. We are living in between eternities. And God's accomplishing something there. But it's connected to his eternal purpose. So to understand what God is doing in the earth, we have to go to eternity past. 
Here's our problem. We think everything God is doing in the earth is centered around us. Man thinks God everything, that we're the central focus of everything he does. And that is not so. We're merely part of the, of the wisdom of his eternal plan. You and I have a part, have specific purpose. When the Bible says we're supposed to live to purpose, that purpose is where we fit into his eternal plan. I'm not, I didn't put the scripture in there, but Ephesians 2.10 says that when you and I were recreated in Christ and were made his workmanship to do those things that he pre-purposed or predestined for us to do. So God had a pre-purposed plan for our lives, each and every one of you. Every time somebody comes to Christ, accepts the Lord, you step into his predetermined plan in his purpose for your life. Let me say that again. When you get saved, God has a place that you fit in his eternal purpose. It is his predestined plan for you to fulfill. Uh, it's interesting when you take this, didn't you begin to understand scriptures where Jesus says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom. Only those who do the will of my father. What is the will of the father for your life, for my life? It is living by his predetermined purpose and plans for us in his eternal plan that he is fulfilling in the earth today. I wouldn't just get to run around. We, we are such independent people. We love to live independent of everything. And the main thing we love to live independent of is authority. And the problem that everybody has with this book and with having it and the reason it's banned, as we said a while back, in over 55 nations is because it is a book of authority. This is not a book of suggestions. This is a book of authority. And the thing people struggle with is being under the authority of God's Word. And whether we like it or not, we're all going to be brought into accountability of this Word. And that determines how we respond, determines our eternal destiny, so important. So the best thing to do is to not be independent in the wrong way. Amen. So watch this. Here's a little, try, trying to show it to you. Let me kind of illustrate it for you like this. So we have eternity path and we have eternity future. And in between, we have this parenthetical space that we have called time. I kind of put this on the blackboard, but I wanted to do it in a little different way this morning. And so in that in-between space called time, we have God fulfilling his eternal purpose. And that's where we are. We are in the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ before time began. Now watch it. In eternity past, something happened. Satan fell. We have Satan's fault. He's cast down from heaven to the earth. And in that fall, heaven is defiled. In eternity future, Satan is going to be judged Heaven will be redeemed and worship will be restored. And I kind of touched on this last week at the end. But in this area, what we understand about the future, everything that Satan was in heaven is being redeemed and restored in God's eternal purpose through the church. And what we will do, our eternal purpose. We are restoring the worship and redeeming the worship of heaven. That's why God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I don't want to get way off on this, but Satan got puffed up because as he was the worship leader of heaven, and as he was leading heaven in worship, all the praise was going to God and none was going to him. 
I'll just let you have a Selah moment to pause, calmly think about that. Because what that means is that our life is to be to the praise of His glory. Not to get glory for ourselves, but to give glory to God. And Satan said, I don't like it that when what God put in me, when I use the, the instruments, and we're going to read it here in a moment, when I use what God put in me and that flows out of me, he gets all the praise and he gets all the adoration. I should be getting some of this. I should be getting that. And that's where we struggle with that, that we want to be acknowledged. We want to be recognized and we want to be lifted up and puffed up. Come on, just lift up God's glory. Glorify God and everything else will be okay. Praise the Lord. And besides that, you'll never be disappointed. Amen. So we get disappointed when we don't get that. So there's just a little simple area that sees there, but the church is actually going to fill the void that was created by Satan's fall in the beginning. I'll give you a little different timeline here in a minute. So watch this. In eternity past, Lucifer, Satan, rose up and rebelled against God, seeking to exalt himself over God. His rebellion contaminated heaven. Now God has to purge heaven of his sin. Remember I said a minute ago that, that we read in Ephesians that God is redeeming everything in heaven and earth in Christ. Now God is purging heaven of his sin, but it cannot be, hear me so clearly this morning, it cannot be for self-defense or self-preservation. God is holy and he must be righteous in all of his ways, including his judgment. What people don't understand is why is God, why is that? And, and I kind of put it down in here on us being in the in-between place in that, is that we are now in the middle of this, and I'm a little bit ahead of myself, but we're in the middle of what's happening between God and the devil and Satan and his final judgment. We're part of this, and we're kind of the man in the middle, if you would. So here we have Satan's rebellion and then God judges him. He casts him down to the earth and uh, he's kicked out of heaven. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 10 and, and, and he says to the disciples, verse 17, he says, behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And he says, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. But he said, Jesus said, I saw this where Satan was kicked out of heaven and he fell like lightning. Ezekiel says it like this. He says, thus says the Lord, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, and diamond, and beryl, and onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So Lucifer actually had, he had the ability where music came out of him. Listen, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stone. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And I, I just want to pause here just for a second. The devil knows what got him kicked out of heaven. You hear me real quick. The devil knows what got him kicked out of heaven. And he knows what will keep you out of heaven. I just want you to catch that. 
He knows what was in him and, and what stirred up in him and, and what caused him to be removed from the presence of God. And he knows if he can sow that same seed into you, and he can get that same, as we read it there, iniquity into you, he knows that will not kick you out, but that will keep you out of your eternity with God. Look at the last part of this chapter. It says, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence and you sin. The Lord says, therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stone. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquity, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from the midst. I devoured you and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. Wow. How many know that's not good when God talks about you like that? It's not a good thing. So I want you to hear me this morning. We read that, but I want you to remember, you have to understand that. If I'm going to understand anything that God is doing in the earth, I have to understand this truth. Everything God does is righteous and just. Nothing God does is to preserve or to protect himself. And I want you to hear that. God, in dealing with Satan and part of his eternal purpose, and you'll see it here in just a moment, when we look at eternity past and eternity future, God is, as I said earlier, purging heaven of the sin committed by Lucifer there. How can he cleanse heaven? How can he redeem heaven? Something, not only are we redeemed, but we are a redeeming factor in eternity as well. Jesus has redeemed us out of this world, but God is redeeming heaven through what he's doing through us in the earth. It's such a powerful truth, and it helps us understand a lot. So look at the rest of this thought. Everything God does is righteous and just. He does it to preserve does not do it to preserve or protect himself. Hear me, he never acts or responds in any way that will violate his nature of holiness. God is holy, and he cannot violate his own nature by being self-defensive or self-justifying. His actions are always on behalf of others. Every time God rose up, he never defended himself. He always defends others. As you read it through the scriptures, you'll see that. So watch me this morning. So again, Satan gets cast out of heaven. The Bible says him and the angels that followed him were cast out, cast to the earth. And so this is the amazing thing. Have you ever thought, man, I wonder why God created the earth and, and did all this created man and then put us in the place where he had cast Satan down to. Interesting thought. So watch it. Scripture reveals in eternity past that this rebellion was there in heaven by Satan. God cast him out. He corrupted heaven with his transgression. Isaiah said it like this. Look at How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, this is what he said. I've said in my heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation 
on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. But listen what the Word said. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to hell, to Hades, to the lowest depths of the pit. God said, it just won't happen. So why? In order for that to happen, listen, that's the judgment of God over him. But in order for that to happen, now stay with me, God has to be righteous and just. And I'm just going to interject a little bit here just for a moment in that when you read the book of Revelation, you find you get to chapter 19 and you have the battle of Armageddon and Satan is bound. But what happens is he is thrown into the pit and he's held in, in bondage for a thousand years. Then he's released again to deceive the nations again. And then at the end of that, that, that last time, then the, the final judgment comes, and then he's finally cast into hell for all of eternity. So not only is he bound for a thousand years, but then he's released again, and before God pronounces his final judgment, he's judged finally for deceiving the nation. Not between what, stay with me, not between what happened between him and God, but before his deceptions of the nation, God's judgment will not be in self-defense, but in defense of his creation. Hallelujah. So watch it. And it says, Jesus, it says in Revelation chapter 12, and a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, watch this, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in them. Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. And so in Revelation chapter 12, you're right in the middle of the tribulation. But Satan is finally, right now as you read it with Job, you can read in the book of Job. Satan goes to heaven, comes down, runs around. God says, hey, where are you doing? I'm running to and fro across the earth, figuring out where I can cause problems, doing all that. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan begins to accuse him before God. Paul says he's the accuser of the brethren. So we find that the devil is always trying to bring accusation against God's elect, against the saints, against God's people against his creation so he's working there but there comes a place in the future from where we are right now during the tribulation where he is literally finally cast out of heaven given no more access because God is fulfilling his purpose and his plan and when he comes down this is when literally uh, as scripture teaches all hell literally begins to how can I say discharge itself upon the earth all hell breaks out on the earth and his anger and his wrath and things really go downhill from there and end up at the great culmination in Revelation 19 or in Armageddon so here it again the purpose of scriptures God's word is to reveal his purpose and plan to man 
Hear me this morning. God is letting us in on what He is doing in the earth and why He is doing it. And He also reveals how we fit in to His eternal purpose and plan. So there it was again. I showed you that little timeline, but I want to give you another one here. Listen to what Timothy said, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verses 8 through 11. Well, let me just go back to this just for a minute here. Uh, but put this back up for me. In, in this line right here, so there we just kind of covered that. We have Satan's fall, he's cast down, and heaven is defiled. Now I want to move our focus on to eternity future just a little bit. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8 through 11 says this, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling. Wow. And not according to our works, hear this, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Before time began but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Praise the Lord. So God is working in our lives in this area. So let's go back just to the beginning. In the beginning, we read Genesis 1, God. In the beginning, God. So that statement right there is that in the beginning, before creation, of man and what we read about in this place that we are in, that God existed. So we have eternity path. We've read some of the events that happened in that eternity path. So when God begins to remake creation, and it's interesting, in Genesis 1, it says that God began to move upon the face of the deep, and the earth was without form and void, but the earth was there. He didn't create the earth at that time, but something that, and as some Bible teachers teach, the, the earth was in what we call a chaotic state. It was there and, and just happened. And then God began to reform, renew it, so that he could create and place man here like that. In fact, I like what Mark Filkey said. He said, God created a place called earth and a race called man and a space called time in that. And for the purpose of accomplishing his eternal purpose in that is what I add to that. And so that's so true. But in the beginning of the creation of God, God has a purpose in mind for his creation. And that's important for us to remember. Everything God does, he does with purpose connected to it. We do things just kind of haphazardly. Well, I didn't mean that. I didn't. God has never said, I didn't mean that. God has never said, I was just kidding. Everything God does is on and for purpose. He's a God of purpose. Do you know what the showbread was called in the temple? What he revealed? It's called, the showbread is called the bread of purpose. And there were 12 loaves representing every tribe that was changed every week because God is a God of purpose and he is a God of fresh purpose and revealed purpose and fulfilled purpose and individual purpose. In that way. Praise the Lord. So watch it. Here we are. So here we are. We have the creation. And now here we are in between two eternities. Glory to God. We're in this amazing in-between place. 
in this area. And so we're man in the middle. God creates man and sets him in the place where Satan dwells. So now not only are we in between eternities, as I said a few moments ago, we're in between God and Satan and how he's reconciled this whole situation. So let me walk you through this timeline here and uh, see if this will help. I'm going to try and use my mouse and see if I can run this over this and make this work. And uh, let me see if I can get a mouse pad kind of situation set up here. But uh, I want you to follow with me and see if I can see it. There we go. There I am. Okay. So here we are. So we just read in creation in Genesis 1. Just stay with me on this. In Genesis 1 is the creation of man. So here's our time. This is our timeline. So we have creation of man. And then we have the fall of mankind in Genesis 3. And then we get up, by the time we get to Genesis 12, we have God calling Abraham and Israel being formed. We get into Exodus, and we have the law and the commandments of God given. And then as we begin to move down through time, we find that through this, and so here we have part of God's eternity. And when we look at all this, we say, why is God doing all of this? But I want you to see this timeline begins over here. Get my mouse, find it again. It's on the split screen. It's on... There we go. There we are. I'm going to quit moving it so fast. So we're over here on the beginning, Genesis 1. But if you look to the other side, you have eternity at the other end. So this is all happening in between two eternities. So what is God doing in the earth? Why is he doing all this? And so in this area, here we are. So we have the, the law given. And then during this time, Israel just begins to become apostate and turn away from God and just be influenced by the world. Last week, Pastor Tim and I were talking about this in the area of renewing our minds on Wednesday night. And this weekend, we're going to, or this Wednesday, we'll do that again at 630. Uh, we're going to go through renewing our minds again. But Israel here had a problem in staying connected to God and then moves all the way along. So then we come up to the cross and we come to the first coming of Christ, his life, his birth, his death, his resurrection, and then the gospel is being declared. We have his ascension into heaven. And uh, then we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And this is where we are. So now if you look down here, this is where we are. We're in the church age. And this is where we're living in. Ephesians chapter 3. We're living in the age of the church. And also during this time, we're seeing in the world mass corruption taking place that Peter talks about in this area, but then we come to a place in Jeremiah that we're coming to an area, we're beginning to see Israel reborn, and this is where you get to like 1948 when the nation of Israel is reestablished, and uh, uh, President Trump reestablishing and, and declaring Jerusalem the capital of Israel, and so we have this going on, then uh, hold on there Mr. Mouth, and uh, so we have that, and then we come to the time frame that many people are reading about, and as we're going through this season with the COVID virus and all this world pandemic and everything happening, the economy and all the hyperbole around all that, we come to an area, and people are curious, is this the tribulation? Are we in it? Are there things in the tribulation that can be attributed to now? But there's a whole host of events leading up to this. That's why the Bible says in the last days, it it will look like this. Jesus doesn't give specific event. He says, as it was 
in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end. And so there's similarities and things you can look for, but there's no specifics that we are given. And when we try to get specific in understanding what God is doing in the earth, we usually add things to things or attribute things to things that we really shouldn't. So it's better to have a general overview and live to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life than to try to answer all the particular. So let me see this here. So we're in the tribulation in this time, and we believe, or, and uh, you believe whatever you want. I always tell people, I'm a rapture person. I'm going out in the first load. If you want to stay through this season here, if, if you have faith to go through this, God bless you. I got most people can't make it through a little lock-in in their homes right now. They're freaking out over this little pandemic, and you think you're going to make it through this? Good luck. Amen. So anyway, I know I'm being sarcastic. I can't help it. But here we go. So watch that. So here's the rapture of the church, and we're heading into heaven. But then we come to the return of Christ, and then we entered into a millennial kingdom with God. And then we see Satan's last stand where he comes out after being bound for a thousand years. And then there is the great white throne of judgment. And then we have eternity forever with God. No more of this. Satan's done. No more. Everything is done. All the promise, all the hope completely fulfilled and in that time. And like I said last week, people need to understand. We know in part. We prophesy in part. We only know in part. When you get to heaven, people, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Let me just help you. You don't need to know. You just need to know that God is going to fulfill all things. So let me give you this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24 says this, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and preserve, and completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Praise the Lord. So Paul's praying for the church of Thessalonica. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wanted one thing. He wanted everybody to make it into eternity with God. That's our hope. That's our goal, my friend. I want you to have, praise the Lord, I want you to have your best life now. But more than that, I want you to make it into heaven. You've heard me to say it before in a lot of these areas, and I stole it from Pastor Morocco in, in Maui when I heard him say it. The goal of the pastor is not just to have you make it here, but it's to make sure you look good in heaven. We want you doing the right thing. Listen to what Jesus said. Make sure you're laying up for yourself treasures in heaven, not just on this earth, but you're making some deposits in heaven. You're going to get there. Make sure you've prepared and have things waiting for your arrival there based upon how you live. That's what Paul is saying here. We want you living blameless and so that you're there at the coming of the Lord. You're ready to receive him. James said it like this in James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. He says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now listen to me just for a moment. People get all frustrated because they read those scriptures, and I have friends saying, oh, they throw everything back 
to 70 AD and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem at that time and that by Tyrus and all that stuff. And that's why I said that's how they go to replacement theology and they turn the two tracks into a monorail. They replace Israel with the church, blend everything together and, and disrail the whole eternal purpose of God. Listen to what James said that we're to be there and to allow God to establish our heart for the coming of the Lord is at hand. What does that mean? Live expecting. Live a life that is prepared and expecting the return of the Lord. Live ready, my friend. So this is what we're looking for. I don't know about you. I'm looking for the return of the Lord. I'm looking for the Lord to descend into the cloud. I'm listening for the trumpet, for the call of God. I'm waiting for him to fulfill his covenant with Israel and that. But the church, we have a heavenly hope. And we're looking and expecting that heavenly hope with God. And either way, whether I pass away before he comes or he comes while I'm alive, the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise and those of us who are alive and remain are going to go to be with him. Our church, we have a heavenly hope. Everything going on in this world, people get too frustrated if you're too frustrated what's by going on in the world right now, your roots are just a little too deep on the, in terra firma. You need to have a little stronger hope in heaven. I always tell people like this. People say, well, what happens? What if you lost your life? What's the downside of losing my life? What's the downside? There is no downside to your life ending here. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our hope. Paul said, encourage you. Don't, don't, when people pass away, when a loved one goes and, and someone dear to us, we lose someone suddenly, unexpectedly, naturally, however that transition takes place, we're not supposed to lose hope because we have the hope of eternity with God. Praise the Lord. And so we get to the end of the book of Revelation and John says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. You know what's coming? A new heaven and a new earth. So you say, Pastor, why are you teaching that? I want you to hear that the eternal purpose of God, this is the culmination of the eternal purpose of God. Satan's fall in eternity past contaminated heaven. Everything God is doing in the earth, here, here's the culmination of this, guys. Here's the completion. Everything God is doing in the earth is for this purpose. This is the eternal purpose purpose of God for everything happening in this time space that we are in. God is creating and redeeming heaven and earth, and he's doing that by how he's working through. A, he's going to be able to finally judge Satan and purge heaven through his eternal purpose that he purposed in Christ in us before time began. Amen. So watch it. John, the revelator, is sitting there, and this is the vision that he sees. He saw, I saw the holy city descending. John Starn sings that song, Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. Bill, if you and Lori come back. We saw the new Jerusalem in this area. And when we went to Jerusalem, we were riding in the bus. We come through the tunnel up out of Jericho. And the bus rider put that song on, the new, the, the, the Jerusalem, 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 sing da-da-da. I'd 
Can't even try to do it right now. But in that area, this is what John said. I saw the holy city coming down, and God is in the middle. A city, as the Bible says, where streets are paved with gold. This is our hope. This is what God is preparing, and this is what eternity is a hope for us. I know it's just a, a, an imagination drawing. Nobody can really draw it or see it, but I thought it was a good picture there for us to remember. What is your hope? We're going to spend eternity in the city of God with God. You know, the Bible says that God's the light of that city. You know, it says that, that him, that, that there's no sun or moon, no need for the sun and the moon or the stars to shine by day because God is there. Do you know in, in eternity, you won't have a shadow? Shadows are a casting of darkness. There's no shadows in eternity, no shadows in heaven. Just we live in the light of God. We spend our days... And, and, and we, it's just, just so amazing what God has promised to us and what he's prepared for us and what he's doing through us in the earth. What's God doing in the earth? What's happening? What's all a part of this? Everything about what's going on right now in this global pandemic and situation is just another step in a phase in his eternal purpose. I look at a lot of things. I have a lot of questions. I don't trust any of the information. Listen, when anything is confused as this is, when the information is inconsistent as all the information we are receiving today, man, there's something else going on behind this. But that's all you got to know. Don't buy into the lies, guys. Don't just go along. The, the Bible says that they were led like sheep to the slaughter. Don't be led like sheep to the slaughter. Don't just buy in. Don't believe the world. Don't believe it. There are people and forces. There, there are so many people trying to look at how they can use this to interject their agendas and get things done and manipulate and accomplish their own desire. And, and it just is. There's so much. How can I say it? I made a little stupid meme the other day, and I just said this. I said, stupid has become more contagious than this virus. And that's what's happening. People just, I watch people, we're wearing our mask. People picked up a pizza last night. We took Sue and Gigi for a drive and we're coming home. So mom says, hey, let's get pizza. So we pull and get pizza. And so the workers in there in the pizza play, they all have their masks on, except for one of the guys making the pizza. And his mask is below his nose like this. I go, <laughs> if we're supposed to have those all food prices, it'd help. People in the store, watching the store, people walking around, opening their mask up, talking to people, and then putting it back over. I was like, come on people let's just have get a clue <laughs> craziness going on people walking out in open air and parking lots and doing stuff people driving in their cars with their windows rolled up and a mask on come on you, are you contagious to yourself people saying I've been washing my house down have you been outside no then what has gotten into your house that you have to go through 25 gallons of Lysol and, and Clorox if you're the only one there if you need that much clean I'd be, anyway I'm being silly don't buy into the lie, guys. We have a new hope. Here's my question as I close this morning. Are you kingdom ready? Are you kingdom ready? Fight the good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. Here's my question. If the Lord was to return right now, are you ready to meet him? That's been the message of the gospel from the beginning. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you walking and living in a right relationship with Him? I love that testimony by that young lady. I've reset my life and said yes to Jesus Christ. 
Do you need that reset in your life today? Do you need to say yes to the Lord? Maybe you're watching, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've just become casual. Do you know what happened to Israel as we went through that timeline and you get to the dispersion and them going into captivity? Let me put it to you like this. Do you know how many Christians are living in spiritual captivity because of the influence of the world in their lives today? It's amazing that when Israel lifted up their voice in captivity, God would always send a deliverer. But it's never the will of God for you to be sent a deliverer when he ordained for you to live free. We need a deliverer because we allow ourselves to be taken into bondage. But God gave us authority to live free, not to live in bondage. So here's three things you can do. First of all, number one today, do you need to repent? The message of the kingdom is repent. Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. First John said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you need to just ask for God's forgiveness today? Secondly, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then confess him as your Lord and Savior and call upon his name. Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, and verse 13. What does it say? The words near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you would confess Jesus, confess with your heart, with your mouth, and believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 13 says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You could do that right now, my friend, and you'd be saved. You could lay hold on eternal life. Thirdly, be water baptized and live with faith towards God. Jesus said, go preach the gospel and tell them to repent and be baptized. On the day of Pentecost, the crowd says, what do we need to do? Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. And then live with faith towards God. Make sure, friends, you don't get too comfortable watching church on TV. This is TV. This isn't church. Church is assembling and coming together. We need, the Bible says iron sharpens iron, not tube sharpens tube. So we can't, you sharpen by connection. Being around people with different personalities, different twists, having to work through all the idiosyncrasies and the differences together and still love one another and accomplish purpose together. That's what we need. That's how we grow. That's how we develop. Live with faith towards God. And then lastly, keep your wick trimmed and your lamp filled with oil. What does that mean? Live ready. The ten virgins, five thought they had made sufficient preparation, but they found out that they hadn't. Their thought of what was necessary, and they found themselves unprepared. Because the Bible says that the Lord delayed his coming. The bridegroom delayed his coming. It was taking longer than they expected. So they were slack in their preparation. Live with good preparation in your heart and your life towards God. So what on earth is God doing? He's fulfilling his purpose. Let's pray together today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, I thank you for everybody viewing today. And Lord, I pray if there's one right now that needs to repent. Holy Spirit, we know that nobody comes to the Father unless you draw them. 
So I thank you right now that you are drawing men and women, young people, children to you right now, are opening their heart and saying yes to you. Father, I thank you that right where they are, they're asking for forgiveness. I thank you repentance is taking place right now. Father, I thank you that somebody's calling upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Somebody is confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That he died and rose so they could be forgiven. And they're calling upon Jesus as their Savior. Father, I thank you that there are those who, when we come back together, are going to say, I need to be baptized. I need to be connected. I need to plug in. I, I, I need to walk out. I, I need to live by faith towards God. And Lord, I thank you that in this season, Father, your people are becoming aware that they need to live prepared. They need their wicks trimmed, not causing their oil to be burned up or wasted, not being sooty and, 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 and all that area. But Father, making sure their wicks are trimmed by your word, living right, living respectfully, living with purity. And then, Father, having enough oil in their lamp. As Pastor Tim said, Father, thank you. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building up their most holy faith. Staying strong in the Lord. So, Father, I pray over each and every one. I pray your blessing. And again, Father, as I do every time, I pray and release your peace. Holy Spirit, let your peace settle down upon them. Jesus, you said... I'm leaving. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. And Paul said that the peace of God goes beyond our understanding and it keeps our hearts and mind. So, Father, I pray that your peace would help your people have control of their hearts and of their minds in this situation. So, Father, I pray your blessing, your provision, your protection over each and every one. And Lord, I pray that as those who have accepted Christ as their Savior, I thank you, Father, that they'll continue to grow and build in their relationship with you, walking with you daily in Jesus' name. And Lord, I also pray your healing power over those that need a touch today. Lord, you, you, we don't, laying hands is one way, but Psalms 107 verse 20 says, you sent your word and you healed them. So Father, I release the healing power of your word right now in the name of Jesus into every home. Father, may they feel the hand of your spirit touching them right now. Father, may they feel, Jesus, as you said, I perceive virtue or power has gone out of me and it went into the woman with the issue of blood. So Father, I release your power. I release your healing virtue and power to them right now in Jesus' name. May they sense your touch and may they sense your healing power flowing into their bodies. Lord, I thank you. You're the deliverer and the healer and the provider for every need and necessity of our life. And I call them healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Come on. Just before we go, I want Bill and Lloyd, let's, let's finish with the worship song. Praise God. So glad you would join us. But let's just worship the Lord for a moment and then we'll say goodbye. Praise the Lord. Bill and Lord, lead us if you would, please. A splendor of the King, a cloud in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. 
Let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our And all will see how great, how great is our God. Yes, great God. Age to age He stands, and time is in His hand, beginning and Beginning and the end, the God has three in one. A father, spirit, son, the lion and the lamb, the lion and the lamb. How great, how great is our. Father, thank you for giving us clarity. Thank you for giving us understanding. Lord, that we would be like the sons of Issachar, having understanding of the times that we are in. Lord, that we would see and have clarity and understanding in your purpose and what you're accomplishing in the earth. Father, thank you for working through our lives to accomplish your purpose. Thank you for making us a part of redeeming heaven. Thank you that because of your work in us, we will spend eternity with you in a new heaven and a new earth. We love you. We honor you. And we say yes to you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name. Friends, we love you. God bless you. Thank you for doing church with us today in this 
crazy fashion thing that we're doing, but we love you. We look so forward to being able to assemble again together and be with you. Have a blessed, blessed day. Uh, if you have said yes to the Lord, prayed and done anything, would you just send us an email to info at solidrockfacecenter.com? We'd love to mail you out some materials to help you and bless you. We love you dearly. God, have a great day. God bless you.